event planner or organizer looking for a keynote speaker with a fresh new perspective that packs a serious punch? Someone who captivates your audience and inspires them to create lasting changes in their lives. Someone who has a compelling story to share that will leave your audience believing in themselves like they've never done before. I'm Rebecca Hamilton, founder and CEO of Chick Boss Cake, author of The Million Dollar Bakery, host of this podcast, Scrap the Sweet Talk, and I am your girl. To book me as a speaker for your next event, go to RebeccaHamiltonCo.com. Hey, I'm Rebecca Hamilton, founder and CEO of Chick Boss Cake. Thanks for joining me on my Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast, where I'll be sharing all my best life and business tips and tricks on how I've created the life of my dreams and how you can too. I'm a no-nonsense, full disclosure, sweet talk scrapping woman entrepreneur who believes in taking charge of your life and ridding yourself of all the excuses that are holding you back. Thanks for tuning in to another epic episode of Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast. You guys have been raving about my International Women's Day series. And that series ended up uh, being one of the, the best series that I've, that I've done, having other women share their stories and their struggles and challenges. And you guys have loved it so freaking much. Um, so much so that I plan on continuing doing guest episodes where I bring people uh, onto my podcast and we talk about some hard shit in life and in business and we scrap the sweet talk. So uh, today I have a very special guest here with me, Danielle from Taylor Danielle Boutique. And she's got the personality and the energy. And I promise you guys, she's about to wake you the fuck up. So welcome to the podcast, Danielle. Well, epic is a big word to live up to. I'll bring it's the energy. Here. I don't know about the personality, but I can definitely give you the energy. Yeah. Well, from from an outsider, you have the full package. You have the personality. You have everything. You are beautiful. And I love all of the stuff that you do on social media. You are just rocking it over there. Um, so why don't you start off by telling everyone uh, about you, who you are, what you do? That would be so amazing. You got it. And sorry for the craggy voice. I'm on the, like the tail end of a cold, but you know, oh. in COVID times, freaks everyone out. It does so, freak everyone out. Yeah. It's all good. It's all good. Okay. Awesome. So yeah, my name is Danielle Redner and I am the proud owner of a family business called Taylor Danielle. So obviously I'm the Danielle. My daughter, Taylor, who is 28, lives in Toronto. She's the Taylor part. But Taylor Danielle is about a whole lot more than just the two of us. We just couldn't come up with a better name, quite frankly. And we, we were <laughs> I love the name. Great. It actually flows really nicely. It sounds it does kind of flow. Yeah. yeah. We were at our initials are TD, not to be confused with Toronto Dominion, which is <laughs> nothing about finance here. We were working with a great branding uh, agency did when we were starting and they were like, no, Taylor Danielle is it. Like we were coming up with all these other things and they were like, just use your names. We're like, yeah, okay. Love that's, it. What that's what it's going to be. 
So it's an interesting story. I had a very long corporate career. I've actually actually worked in sales and in fashion in various ways over the last, I just turned 50. So it's hard for me to say this, but over the last 30 years, basically. (laughs) Um, Most recently for 15 amazing years in a very corporate C-level executive role with uh, a big fashion company. Loved it. It was great. I looked after all the sales and training. But then a pandemic, you know, you may have heard there was a pandemic. Was there? Oh my God, that's crazy. Yes, technically there still is, but I'm choosing to block it out. Yeah. Me too, me too. Yeah, I just choose to eat cake and buy Canadian fashion. It's the to way to go. It's the way yeah. to go, oh, yeah. Totally the way to go. So pandemic happened, and of course that changed everything. And I think like a lot of people in March of 2020, I was actually in France when the pandemic hit and everybody was like, you got to get home. You got to get home. Wow. And I got off the plane on March 7th. And until last week, in fact, that luggage tag was still on. I just traveled oh my God. for the first time. Yeah. And for somebody who used to travel 70% of the month to about six different countries regularly, it was a huge life change for me to suddenly be home. Yeah. And so, you know, a couple of things happened. I was like, oh, I actually like being home. I haven't been home since I was 23. It's (laughs) it's a nice place. And then I looked around at people I loved, my mom and dad who were in their 70s and saw these two incredibly vivacious people suddenly stuck at home, struggling a little bit. I saw my daughter who was 26 at the time, struggling a little bit, living downtown Toronto, where people were literally like going out with gas masks on. It was Uh very intense in Toronto. My son moved back home. He had just graduated from university within an apartment. I was like, why are you paying rent to like work from home? Come home. So like the silver lining was I got my 25-year-old son back for a bonus Uh, year. That's (laughs) so nice. That was a good part of the pandemic. (laughs) But then I also noticed myself, what I love to do, my stress relief, I bet yours is baking, or maybe at one point it was. At one point it was, I think it's not anymore, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the shoemaker's kids, like when's the last time you baked a cake? Probably, yeah. right? Yeah. But mine was shopping and mm. I'm really lucky that I have great kids. I have great parents and over my years of mentoring and coaching all kinds of entrepreneurs, one of the number one questions I would get from people is how are you so close with your parents and how are you so close with your kids? Um, And I never, I I think luck is actually an answer, but there's another component there, which was, well, we always had something in common. So for my mom and I, it was shopping for my, we would go. And that's, I think that's pretty common with moms and daughters, right? We would go to the mall. We would go to some cute town and go to the shops. We would go to a boutique. We would do that. I pass that on to my daughter. With my dad is music. We go to concerts. We we love music. I, I pass it on with my son. My son and I both love heavy metal. So we the secret about me. I'm a bit of a metalhead. So you know, so we go cool. To, we go to my son is a really great metal guitarist. So we go to concerts together. So like you have to find that thing. Well then, wow. the pandemic yet. There's no concerts. There's no shopping. <laughs> what are we gonna do? Seriously. So I started. Do you want me to stop talking, by the way? Because I can. No, I, I, keep going. This is. I love this. I'm. I'm fully engaged in this right now, and I know our listeners are too. I love the what you just pointed out about the 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 parents and having that connection. Like that's a gem right there that people are gonna like take away and be like, 
that's what's missing in my relationship with my parents yes. and my children. That's freaking yes. awesome. I mean, we could do a whole book on that. Seriously. Yeah. That's amazing. That, that is the tip. Your yeah. kids, by the way, there's a whole other thing about, we, we could sidebar for a minute, but kids, you know, we are genetically, I, I'm a proud mom of two very successful adults. We are genetically programmed. There's, there's like lots of theories on this. There's tons of yeah. books on it where women are genetically programmed to leave and then come back. Whereas boys leave and never come back so there's like many books there's a great book called tribe about how basically have things in common because that's the only way that you're going to maintain relationships with your that's adult kids. so cool oh my yeah. god I, I just never heard of that before i don't have kids but like that i have so many friends with kids i mean i have parents obviously and like yeah, that yeah, is yeah. definitely like the missing link in a lot of relationships so you gotta that's have a thing. Cool. And it doesn't have to be music or shopping it could be yeah. books it could be art. It could be gardening, like whatever. Well, and if you think about it too, like what well, in friendships, like it is mandatory that you have something in common. You're not going to have a friend and have zero things in common. Well, you just wouldn't be friends. So it makes yeah. sense with family that you need to have something in common because it's the same thing. So that is, my mind is blown. Yes, you can only sit, look at each other and talk about your family history for so long. And then you exactly. need something, you know, new. So anyway, so true. So over, the, over the pandemic, great. Okay, well, my son and I figured out other ways to do, you know, to be musical. We, you know, we would jam at home. We listened to lots of concerts. Remember when like Coldplay was doing concerts on Zoom? Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. people were helping us out. But the shopping thing was a little tough. So here I am with my mom and my daughter. My daughter's in Toronto. My mom is in Dorchester, Ontario. I'm in Dorchester, Ontario, which is where I live and am from. My husband's a New Yorker. We're all in this like weird area. And we're like, this is broken. There is no fun way for people to shop right now. Because you may remember, everybody was just online shopping. Yeah. Fine. But online shopping is like a solitary sport. And it is. It is right, and, and I yeah. hey, I love online shopping as much as the next person. But in my past life, something else that I did was I worked on QVC. So QVC is the American version of the Shopping Channel, which we have yes. in here. Yeah, so that's where Joan Rivers had her jewelry line and all of that. So I was fortunate enough to do a stint on QVC, and the thing that I liked about that was that it was more social. That's so true. What a good point. Yeah. Right. As a presenter on QVC, it's very stressful, by the way. You have like a speaker in both ears telling you how many sales you're getting or what? Yes. You're talking (laughs) about this thing. And in your last year, they're saying, oh, when you did this, the sales of that doubled. So please do that again. Oh, my God. That's amazing. (laughs) Right. And in the other ear, someone else is saying, 10 left. Eight left. Okay, we're sold out. Move on to the next thing. And you're literally wow. like having a bipolar experience. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That takes a special person. You're a special person to do that. That's amazing. While, Rebe- while they're saying, oh, there's a call from Rebecca. And Rebecca's saying, hey, can you tell me? It's crazy. Wow. So, so what I liked about that was that it was social. I'm a social yeah. person. So I started thinking, okay, we're stuck at home. It's a pandemic. I want to spend more time with my family. I need, I like shopping. There's got to be a better way to do this. And I am devoutly, emphatically, proudly Canadian. (laughs) And there are amazing Canadian designers that I love. And again, because I traveled a lot in my business life, because I was on stages doing presentations and things like that. I had a pretty, you know, rock and wardrobe, if I do say so myself. And I always tried to wear Canadian designers. And people would say to me, 
where is this? Who? Where's this from? And I'd be like, oh, this is this Canadian designer named, you know, Melo, or this is Alice in Wonderland, or this is Melissa Napton, or this. And they would be like, who? And I'd be yeah. like, yes. And Canadians would say that, not just Americans or Europeans. Like, it's so true. Don't... There's nowhere, like, nobody knows, like, where to go for any of like that. And, and a lot of people, you're right, would be actually interested in that and would so, like, make sure and make an effort to buy that and pay more or whatever whatever to, to support that, but they just don't know where to go. So. And Rebecca, if you went online right now and you Googled Canadian fashion, I guarantee you what you're going to come up with roots, which by the Mm. way, isn't even Canadian anymore. The Bay, (laughs) which is, I mean, fine. If you want bedding, um, you know, they got a white sale on right now. Go for it. And you know, maybe Aritzia, maybe. Lululemon, also not Canadian anymore. Like that's, mm. that's what you're going to find. What yeah. you're not going to find are all these incredible, slow fashion, sustainable talented. designers yeah. that are so talented and they are making incredible things right in our backyard. So all that is coming together in my brain. And I started calling <laughs> them. Okay. Do, do you want another breath? No, go for it. Go for it. Okay. You're doing, you're doing great. This is great. I, I, mean, I can just keep talking, but people are going to be exhausted. <laughs> no, you're, you are entertaining. It's great. I love it. We got to go. So I started calling these designers and I was like, listen, I have an idea. I've got a 25 year corporate background. I know how to market things. I know how to buy. I can sell things. I'm passionate. I'm ready to do this. But the one thing I can't do is design. Here's what I would like to do. Would you let me wholesale your product? Would you let me represent you? Like, how is it going over the pandemic? Because here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to start a brand that carries only Canadian brands. That is about the best in Canadian design. I'm going to wear it. It has to look good on all ages. My mom, me and my daughter, Love it has it. To put on all body types. Cause I've been a size two and I've been a size 16 and I've been everything in between Same. and I'm five feet tall. So, you know, that just is life. That's <laughs> yes. Totally. So we, we, fluctuate. we fluctuate. We fluctuate. Fluctuate, and who yeah. cares? I mean, exactly. I, am going, I am not going on the lettuce and tuna diet to fit into Marilyn Monroe's dress. Absolutely okay. not. That sounds awful. Looked great I'm on not. her, but like not worth that. Not worth her. It. You do you, baby. But I am yeah. fifty. I am happy with my what, what, what I am. It's, a, it's not my priority anymore. So yeah. these clothes have to look good on all of us, and. And we're going to bring them to life. We're not just going to throw them on a website. Here's my idea. We're going to do three weekly lives like QVC programming. We're going to interview the designers. We're going to bring those designs together. We're going to show you how to style it. We're going to have fun with it. We're going to have women from our community who are models, who are five foot 10, five foot one, five foot six, teachers, moms, size 16, size twos. I don't care. Just real people like from all different walks. I love it. Those are our models because when I go to model shots i can't even tell how that's going to look on me so I'm true five feet. I'm yeah five feet tall with boobs that model is six feet tall with zero body fat like, yes exactly so it's so we're true gonna, we're gonna do this would you let me carry your product the bl- thing that blew my mind in 48 hours i contacted over 50 designers and every single one of them said would i here's the thing <laughs> I am starving over the pandemic. Maybe I've got one store. Maybe I only have a website, but there I'm a designer. I'm not a marketer. I'm not a salesperson. I'm making so amazing true. clothes. 
I don't know how to sell it. Yeah. And nobody can find me. And yeah. by the way, I might be closing shop because I'm not like I'm dying wow. out here. Oh my God. You were like the lifesaver then basically. And you know what? You had the the brilliant idea to do that and to like, to pair your expertise with their expertise. Like that is a winning freaking combination. Like that's we amazing. Each other. We yeah. saved each other. I, I maybe saved some of their, their businesses or boosted yeah. some of their business, but they saved me because, and my family, because mm-hmm. we needed something new and exciting. And 100%. it's now been a year. And I have to tell you, I leap. I have never worked harder than I've worked for the past year. And I've worked hard for my entire life. So that's saying a lot. I, but I leap out of bed so excited. And it's because of those designers, but it's also the community that we've built. So in the last 12 months, I'm very particular about our community. They are everything. They aren't just customers because what we offer is you can watch our lives. We interact. We get to talk to you on the live. And you're going to DM me and say, okay, here's what I look like. Here's a picture of me. Here's my measurements. Here's my size. Would this look good on me or what would look good on me? So it's basically like a really personalized, like you're their personal like shopper, personal fashion. Like, what do you call it? Like you're a person, you got the personal touch, right? We're your personal shopper. Personal shoppers. Exactly. It's like you have your own designer essentially helping you match your measurements and your style to perfect clothing. Like I can't think of a better business. That's so cool. You're obviously so passionate about it. Um, and you love it so much. So what would you say is like, what, what, cause you went from a corporate job before to starting your own business with this brilliant idea. I love so freaking much. Um, so what, like, what was the biggest challenge of going from working from someone else to being an entrepreneur? What are the differences in the challenges? Would you say? You know, I I don't believe in the word workaholic because Mm -hmm. I think if you are passionate about something, it literally doesn't feel like work. I could not agree with you more. Seriously. It's so true. Right. And I, so I would say, I guess some people would say, well, I never turn it off, but I don't want to turn it off. (laughs) You're speaking my language, honestly, like could not agree with you more. It's so true. I don't want to turn it off. Like we have a very (laughs) aggressive schedule and because we're still a startup, we are a family run business. We are my mom and my dad who are in their seventies. They receive steam package and ship and write a personal note with every order. My daughter who is... 28, who, by the way, has another full-time job on her, in her spare time, runs the back end of our website. My son helps with the finance. My husband does deliveries on the back end of his other career. So cool. <laughs> and, and we're all so excited about it. So I would say the biggest change is just that. You, you ne- you're never off. Yes. But having said that, I don't see that as a negative. That's actually what makes it special. That's what I would rather help somebody shop and they feel so good about the outfit that they got and the fact that it was Canadian and they would have never found it and their friends don't have it. And I feel so much better about that than, I don't know what, gardening? What would I do in my spare time? I, I'm very much about outsource the things it's I don't so like. so true. Like when you're just doing your strengths and doing what you love, like like you said, it's, it's really interesting. And a lot of people who are not entrepreneurs, they don't fully grasp 
or fully understand this. Um, and it's like, like you said, you work harder than you've ever worked before, but you're fueled up, you're energized, you love your life, you're excited to wake up in the morning. And how is that even possible when you're doing way more work? And it's because it's fueled with passion and nobody can understand that until they either, you know, not everybody's made to be an entrepreneur, that's for sure. But until you're in a role in a position that is like suited for your strengths, you are not going to feel that sensation of getting jumping out of the bed in the, mor- in the morning and not shutting off. Like you said, like a lot of people are struggling in their careers or in their family life because they're trying to find this fake thing called family life balance that I love to talk about. Um, because yes. Chad and I, my husband and I, we always we call it integration. So we integrate our personal life with our business life. And it's just, it's all together. It's all it's an integration. It's one it is harmonious. Yeah. Yes, I'm wonderful. happy doing it. I'm not exhausted. I don't need fa- like life family balance. I, I just love everything about my life. I love the business. I love when we're on vacation. I do some social media stuff. I'm still, I'm working 24 seven and I'm fueled up and I love it. Right. So I couldn't agree with you more. I have never strived for balance. Even when I had an 80 hour a week, very corporate job. To me, it's not about balance. To me, it's about happiness. Yeah. And I think we need to just forget about this goal of balance. I don't even yeah. know what that is. It's, balance, fake. it's a fake lie that people like, try to tell themselves. Yeah. Yeah, balance for you is not balanced for me is not balanced yeah. for me yesterday is not balanced for me tomorrow. Like it also yeah. depends on the day. So to me, I'm about happiness. And the thing yeah. I try to step back at the end, I also never try to look at balance on a on a micro level. I try to look yeah. at it on a more macro level. So at the end of a week or at the end of a month or at the end of a quarter, yeah. do I feel like in general, I was happy this week, month, so quarter. True. If I can answer that, yes. Who gives a, you know what, about yeah. balance? Like that is, it's, that's like chasing something that doesn't have a definition. It doesn't exist. It's unattainable. It's like being a perfectionist. Like you're just chasing perfection. It's unattainable thing that you're chasing. You're always going to be disappointed with that. Like you're always going to be disappointed because it's not even real. It doesn't, doesn't even exist. Right. So that's, that's really a great point. So what, what would you say? I love the idea of chasing happiness and creating, letting happiness kind of guide you in the direction. So what kind of advice can you give to people? Cause you know, like a, a large, uh, a large piece of our population, they just go to their nine to five jobs. They're not fulfilled. They kind of, you know, they're just going through the motions. We've all kind of had jobs like that. So what kind of advice could you give where, you know, they don't, they're not happy, but they don't really know what makes them happy. Yeah. I I actually have something that I think will help. I am a bit of a risk addict. So, and I think when we hear risk, we immediately think big, like leave my job, start something new, skydive, uh, (laughs) like sell my house, (laughs) big, right? Which by the way, I have done all of those things, but I believe it. (laughs) I have a team, but that's, and that's great. But there's a lot of little micro risks that people could take to start to feel a little happier, a little less stuck and sort of like test the waters a little bit. So for example, if you have an idea or you just need to get unstuck, what is like a little thing that you could do? For example, just start 
talking about what makes you happy? Could you talk about what makes you happy without worrying about judgment? That in itself is a, is a micro risk. So when I started thinking about what really makes me happy, it's fashion, a way that I, I have always thought about that. And I heard a therapist once say, when you were a kid, if you don't know the answer to what really makes you happy, when yeah. you were a kid, what made you happy? Yeah. Always, everything always goes back to your childhood. Like, right. Issues, so happiness, what you love, right. It's all, it all stems yes. from that. Yeah. Like Rebecca, when you were a kid, did you have an easy bake oven? You know what? No, because my mom insisted that I use the real oven, which I actually appreciate. It actually taught me how to bake sooner. You weren't <laughs> I always wanted one. I always wanted one because they looked cute. But my mom was like, no, I'm just going to teach you how to do it in the real oven. So I appreciate I, that I grew, now. I grew up in the 70s, so I was yeah. baking with a light bulb. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> but, but you know what I loved as a yeah. kid? Fashion plates. Uh-huh. Something else uh-huh. called flip and fold fashion. I liked Barbies only for the clothes. I didn't yeah. really know what to do with them once I got them dressed. Fair. Like, <laughs> they were very boring to me once they were dressed, yeah. but their outfits were fantastic. <laughs> so if I think back to that, I oh, that always lit me on fire. I always wanted to shop. I always loved putting outfits together. I I, I mean, I grew up in the 80s. Come on. It was like... Yeah. So Prime fun. neon Madonna, yeah, like the it's best, yeah, the best fashion era ever, and I will die saying that. Yeah. So, so, but I knew that's what made me happy. So, mm-hmm. in some micro way, what little fashion-related risk could I take that would make me happy? So, if somebody's, you know, I, I give this advice to people all the time. If you're feeling stuck, or you're like, I hate this nine-to-five job, and I want to get out, you don't have to quit tomorrow. Yeah. But what that little risk you could take that would just bolster your confidence and maybe find out if there's a kernel of an idea somewhere in there in something that does make you passionate. So true. That is such great advice. I like, I couldn't agree more. And it, it does all start from, from what makes you happy. Like, and I think that that's the hardest part for a lot of people because, you know, they go to school for things that like their parents told them to go to school for, or like that they think will make them successful or whatever, but they don't actually take the time to think, is this actually going to make me happy? Am I passionate about, you know, what I'm going to school for? And a lot of the times it's, it's, people don't make decisions based on their passion, which if they did, that would lead to happiness and fulfillment and just a better overall society, I would say. But you know, it's, there it's is a, not true that people don't there do is that. A book, there is a book you're going to love, Rebecca. What is it? I love books. I've read like a bajillion books. I love okay, it. It's by books. Daniel Pink. And yeah. I'm the brain. I'm trying to remember the name of it right now. I'm going to look. It's either the brain or the big think or something like that. Daniel Pink is the author. It's literally about exactly what you just said, how we've grown up in a decade or century, actually, where traditional professions have been valued. So people have been pushed into very right brain, you know, sort of, sort of world. We measure success in our world right now based on, you know, salary, accountancy, like those types of things. And there's a real shift as those types of things are being automated and or outsourced to more creative thinking. And this whole, the whole theory is that, you know, creativity, humor, personality, energy, those things are going to start to be valued more. And so I think people who have been forced to think the other way are now starting to realize, oh, maybe 
these things are more valuable than one might think. So I'll find the name of the book for you, but. Send that to me. I would love to read it. I love that whole analogy of it. And honestly, I can really relate to that because when I, when I was younger, I, I thought I was going to be a fucking police officer to, if you can believe that, because I just thought like, you know, I'm, I'm assertive. I don't have a, I'm not, you know, I can call right. people out. I, I feel like I could arrest people. You know, I don't think anyone really take me that seriously with my blue hair, but that's a different situation. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I was going, yeah, I was going down the traditional route because I just thought that society, you know, was like, you need to have a reputable career if you want to make a decent living. And uh, it couldn't have been like the worst career choice for me because I'm like a creative artist at my soul. I would have been so unhappy, so unfulfilled. And, you know, if I look at my life now, I'm like, this is what people need to do. They need to follow their, their passion and create, you know, a business or join a business. Maybe don't be an entrepreneur if you're not made for it, because it is fucking hard, but you know, join a business that aligns with your passion and you will be happy. Like, it's just, it's not that complicated, but you know, I think that society really wants to make people believe that, Hey, you should go to school for this and blah, 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 blah. And, um, you know, people need to think for themselves and need to consider their, you know, lifelong happiness. Can I give you one more book recommendation? Yes. I love books so much. Factory over here right now, but you're speaking my language. It's called shop class as soul craft. Okay, and I'm gonna get you to DM me these book titles because I I I'm I'm getting ready for my summer. I love reading outside. It's my favorite thing to do. The author is Matthew Crawford. Mm-hmm. Shop class as Soulcraft. For anyone who's listening, it is exactly what we're talking about. He was a very high stakes financial trader. Left his seven figure salary to go and open a motorcycle repair shop. Wow, and I love it, that. It's soul food. Oh my God. I love it so much. That's amazing. So, okay. Great conversation so far. I'm loving this. I love talking to you. You are filled with so much great information and I'm just so glad to have you. Um, So let's talk about, okay. So what, what would you say is like the biggest challenge of being an entrepreneur? Like what, what do you find hard? What's your weakness in business? Cause obviously I feel like your strengths are very apparent and obvious. You're very bubbly and outgoing. And like, that is so important in a business. So what do you struggle with? What are your weaknesses? But I, I mean, honestly, my biggest weakness is it's not really a weakness because I can do it, but mm-hmm. I don't like to do it. Yeah. Um, and that is anything to do with accounting. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. Mm-hmm. I just hate that side of me life. Too. I always have. Yeah, me too. And so I, I like yeah, spending I, the money. I don't like, you know, allocating it to anything. hundred <laughs> percent. I don't like balancing an account, you know, so I have learned, and this is just goes back to my life over the last 30 years. I surround myself with people who are good at those things. And yes. I'm not afraid to pay people to yes. do those things because it frees up my time to do the things that I'm good at, which yep. which is a net profit in the end. Yeah, hundred percent. That is such great advice to entrepreneurs listening to this because like nobody can do your strengths to the ability that you can do them. Like nobody can be the face of your business the way you do. Nobody can do those live videos the way that you do. Like, and once people like tune into that, like, that's why I say like, everybody needs to be focused on their strengths. Like, yeah, we all have weaknesses, but like delegate your weaknesses. Don't fucking try to work on them because if you continue to work on your weaknesses, you're going to get like mediocre results as opposed to you working on 
on your strengths, you're going to just soar. Like the sky's the limit if you're constantly improving on your strengths, right? So there's a, there's a lot of data about that. There's a, a, a there's a, a test you can take online called Strength Finders. I don't know if oh, love that test. Yeah, love yeah. it. So you know, and that whole philosophy, and I agree with it, is that lean into the things you are good at rather than the traditional wisdom of trying to be good at all things. Totally. I have always like hire a bookkeeper from day one. If that's what I did. That was the first person I hired is the bookkeeper. And the next person was the accountant. And thank you for that. 100%. (laughs) Number three, a housekeeper. (laughs) And it's not that, and I, and I think people get edgy about that topic. Here's the thing. It is not that I can't and I, or that I'm not capable of, or that I'm too good to clean my toilets. It's that, Another person who's running that business, yeah, I could support her in my community or him. So true. And that frees up my time. And I always think about, okay, what is my time worth in the 100%. time that I am? And if my house is a mess, I think a lot of entrepreneurs are like this. You can't focus. Oh, I cannot. I need like, yeah. Right? My <laughs> bed has in your mind. Yeah. yeah, the kitchen has to be tied. Like I have to have those things so that I can really focus. And I like that to be done by like 7 a.m. so that mm-hmm. I can like get at it. Mm-hmm. So that is, that's very valuable time that I don't want to be spending on that. So outsource the things, number one, that you don't enjoy or aren't good at. Yeah. But the trick is you can't then be like, oh, good, then I can sleep in. You're using exactly. that time to focus on the things you're good at. I think that's number one. And then the other thing that I think is really key as an entrepreneur is if you're not focused on sales, mm-hmm. so this kind of goes hand in hand. Like if, if a day goes by and you didn't focus on sales, why? Sales are number one. I always preach that. They are number one in business. <laughs> number one. Like if yeah. you are not doing something that sold something that day, maybe step back. for Because that's a trap we all fall into. Yeah. Step back and think, okay, why didn't I do something that drove sales today? Yeah. Is it, is it because I was stuck doing something else? And if that's the case, could someone else have done that? Or is there exactly. a, or, or, or do I not have? to do that? Could that just be eliminated or delegated or postponed or but because at the end of the day, if you don't have sales, there's nothing. I have a great, um, a neighbor, old neighbor of mine who had a great business idea and she wanted to know if we could have lunch one day. And I was like, of course, she came over, brought me all of her branding. It was beautiful. It was a food item, all of her, you know, stationery. And I was like, okay, good. So like, what's the feedback on the product? And she was like, Oh, well, I actually haven't yeah. shared the product yet. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, but you've got fantastic letterhead. But I'm not sure. Do people yeah. really put letterhead anymore? Like, no. what? Yeah. She was like, well, I was like, listen, there's a grocery store down the street. Why don't you go there? I mean, like, listen, can I pop up in the parking lot? Like, yeah. uh, can I, and she was like, oh. and I was like, you know, so often we do that. It's like, yes, you're scared. It, yeah. yeah we're like playing work. Like we're, oh, that's so true. I love that you put it like that. I've never heard it put like that before. It's like, yeah, you're, you're basically fake being an entrepreneur because you're, you're focused on, it. you're focused yeah. on templates and business cards and all the pretty stuff. But like that stuff doesn't matter because if you don't have sales, you don't have a business and sales. I always tell entrepreneurs like sales are number one. And you know what? A lot of entrepreneurs don't make sales number one, which is shocking, but those are the ones that fail and their business doesn't go anywhere because you don't no. you need sales to be able to scale and operate and do all these things. Right. 
Sales is sales is number one. So yeah, don't, you know, that would be, I might be my other thing. Don't play work. And here's my yeah. internal test for that. Yeah. At the end of the day, if someone was to say to me, whether it's your spouse, your coworker, your accountant, whoever was to say <laughs> yeah. to you, Hey, did you have a productive day? Mm-hmm. Could you honestly answer that? Hearing that question as, did I produce any sales today? Yeah, it's very straightforward when you put it like that, right? It holds yourself accountable, which when you're an entrepreneur, that's all you have to hold yourself accountable. Nobody else is going to do it. So like you need to be able to call yourself out on your own excuses, on your own bullshit. And it, it, you know, if you can't do that, you shouldn't be an entrepreneur because you're not going to get anywhere and you need to hold yourself accountable because nobody else is going to do it for you. And and a little tip on that too, Rebecca, like schedule it. I'm a huge, Mm -hmm. another tip to entrepreneurs that I've always had over the years is schedule the the high value activities that have to get done. So at one o'clock every day, you're going to do something to drive sales. Maybe you don't know what it is until one o'clock, but you're going to, you know, so if there's something that you find, you're just not ever getting to it, make an appointment with yourself that it has to happen and honor that appointment. Yeah, no, it is so true. Yeah. And you know, I think a lot of uh, the reason why people, entrepreneurs, they get into business, they start their own business is because they have this like idea in their head of what it's going to be like. They're going to have all this free time, all this money magically appears and like all of this weird stuff that we think when you start a business and it is not like that at all, like couldn't be farther from the truth. Right. And I think because they have that mentality, like you said, they play work, they play the entrepreneur role, but like they're not actually getting sales. And then, you know, they wonder why their business isn't working. Right. So I think that's important. And I want to go back to talking a little bit about sales because in your previous role, you were training salespeople and stuff like that. And I find a lot of women and men, but I would say women specifically, just because that's kind of who I connect with mostly um, entrepreneurs and stuff like that. And a lot of them like struggle with the sales thing because they think that it's pushy or it's like rude or it's mean or whatever. They have this like idea in their head of maybe like a creepy car salesman or whatever. But like, I always try and tell them like, if you're passionate about the product, like you like you should have no reservation about selling it. And in fact, you should feel like it's, you know, you're, you're actually doing them a disservice, like a disservice from not buying your product. Like, because you know what I mean? So what kind of tips could you give to people who have this like weird belief of sales? Well, first of all, I think we're all selling something. So my mm. husband is a musician and mm. I, you know, I, I'm always like, dude, like, so it's like, I'm not in sales. I'm like, really? Yes, you are. You're yeah. selling your talent. Okay. We are all, everybody is selling something. You're a minister. You're selling the Lord. If you are, so true. Uh, you know, you're, I don't care. You're a teacher. You're selling education. Like kids, every, kids sell, kids sell to their parents all the time. I want to do this. Time. <laughs> oh my God. I was a heck of a little child salesperson. You have no I bet idea. You are. <laughs> I, I got a lot of great stuff that way. So, um, so two things, authenticity yeah. trumps skeeviness. Yeah. Every day on time. So, so if, true. You, if it feels like a used car salesman, it's because you have no connection to the product and you're being skeevy. If yeah. you are authentic and that doesn't mean you have to. So I think sometimes people confuse authenticity with you personally love every single thing. That's not necessarily the case. It's you personally love what that item that you're talking about or that service or whatever could offer to somebody. If you feel authentic, like 
I know that when you put, if you have never worn designer clothing before, if you have never worn a slow fashion piece that this is this top I'm wearing, by the way, just example is by an amazing designer of Montreal named called Coqueluche. If you have never bought something where this person made the pattern, created the fabric, cut the top one at a time, hand sewed your piece and still sells it to you for like under $140. If you've never worn that and you've only worn fast fashion stuff that you bought at the mall, when you put this on, you are going to feel like I had someone say to me, I thought it was my body because I'm in my forties now. Turns out I was just shopping at Old Navy. (laughs) No shame to Old Navy. Yeah, we all like, have our own Navy things, but yeah. yes, that's the difference. So what I know when you put this on, you're going to be like, it's not my body. I'm just wearing shitty clothes. Yeah. As soon as you realize that you are, that's a life changing moment for women. And I am so passionate about that. To me, it's not, I happen to love this shirt, but I, do I love all 300 garments on our website right now. I do actually, because I choose them all, but would I personally wear every single one? No, because I'm finding things for a variety of styles and personalities. And, you know, I like black, someone else may not, whatever. But what I love, what I love so authentically is that when we partner the person with the garment, she's going to have that feeling. So I don't feel salesy in the least because I want every woman, whether she is at fighting weight or way off of fighting weight, whether she's 20 or 80, whether she thinks she's beautiful or she hasn't felt beautiful in 50 years, I want her to put this on and be like, God damn it. I feel beautiful in this. I have been missing the boat. It's not me. I just wasn't buying good stuff. So I'm so like passionate about that. And I feel so authentically connected to that mission in our community that if you think I'm salesy, I don't even care. So, so number true. one, number one, connect to it authentically. And then it's yeah. not going to come across as salesy in my opinion experience people who worry about being pushy are not pushy people who aren't worried about it are pushy don't worry about (laughs) it if if you're worried about being pushy i guarantee you you're not yeah and then be be authentically connected and then at the end of the day if someone thinks you're salesy because you are authentic and and passionate who cares they're not your customer 100 percent. could not agree more so true I always say if you worked at and then focus last thing to not feel salesy, focus on the people who love what you have. You're never going to be everything to everybody or have everything that everybody wants or make all the people happy. But I think a simple analogy to think about that is if you owned a Starbucks, okay, which is very easy to think about, and you cried every time someone walked by the door. Like every time someone walked by, you were just behind the counter, like, oh my God, it's over. You would be on the ground all day long because more people walk by the Starbucks than come in, number one. And then when people came in, if they didn't order like a venti extra shot mocha latte with a croissant for $15 and they only ordered like a tea for $2, you were like, oh, again, you would also be on the floor because. So true. More people that come in 
are cheap than the people who spend 20 bucks. So true. The point, the point is this, you are doing really well based on the people that come in the door. Don't worry about the people that walk by. There are people who want to go to Tim Hortons instead. It doesn't make them bad people. They just like Timmy's. It's not yeah. a problem. You focus on the people that want what you have and you share authentically so that you find more people that want what you have. And then to the people who want to go to Tim Hortons, give them a gift card and wish them well. Like, exactly. Yeah. It's okay. You need a ride to Tim Hortons. I'll take you. Like, <laughs> it's fine. Everybody has their thing and we're all going to be happy. But here's what I have. I'm authentic about it. I, so I don't feel salesy because that's secure. And if I seem salesy to you, it's okay. I'm not your people. Oh my God. So good. Yes. Preach. So good. <laughs> um, so I love the point that you just brought up about the authenticity, because I think that people, like you said, they do misinterpret what that actually means because I can totally relate to that because in my business, like I sell cakes and cupcakes and all kinds of like desserts and stuff like that. Like I don't eat dessert all day, every day. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, to be honest with you, I, I eat very little sugar. Okay. And when I do eat sugar, it's a treat. Like I, 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 I work out, I take my health seriously. I eat healthy food and you know, once in a while I'll have a cupcake or a donut. Yes, right? I'm not going to eat it every day. Like just because I'm the cupcake lady, you know what I mean? So like, totally. it's so true, right? You can't, you have to, you know, authenticity is, but I'm passionate about it. I love it. I love the happiness it brings to kids. I, you know, I remember when I was a kid and I would have the, the cool birthday cake and whatever, it just makes you feel, you know, special and everything like that. So I, I do the same thing. And I focus on, I focus on the people, the experiences that I'm providing. I'm not out there preaching to everybody that they should, you know, eat cupcakes every eat single every day. day. Like that's just, that's, that's inauthentic because I don't do that. I would never recommend anyone to do that um, because I care about people first and foremost and their health and well-being. and eating cupcakes every day is not going to get you anywhere. So. so what you just said, you yeah. focus on the feeling, right? Yeah. And so the feeling is trumps the product. Always. And and that's what's making it authentic for you. You're, you mm -hmm. just when you said that when you were a kid and you had a great birthday cake, that's the pride that that yes, yeah. There's nothing better than when you were a kid. Even now, as a mom with my kids, even yeah. now, there's nothing better than the pride you have. A little bit of pride. I remember when I turned forty, someone got got me a birthday cake in the shape of like a Louboutin shoe. Oh my and, god, love it. You know, and I was it was very cool at the time. Yeah. Everybody was really into it. There, you're focusing on the feeling that that does for people. And yes. for me, it's the same thing. That feeling for me comes from how I know someone feels when they put on something that makes them feel great. So if you're selling cars, how someone, if you're a car person, how someone feels when they drive off the lot in that car that they've worked their whole life to be able to buy their first car. Or okay. if you're, you know, if you are a hairstylist, how someone feels when they leave with a great new hairstyle. Like it's not necessarily about everything. It's about the feeling. And I think feelings sell and facts tell. So if I'm just going to stand up here and be like, all right, this dress is made of 45% viscose, 55% cotton. It falls slightly below the knee. It's, you know, a mermaid style works beautifully on a curvy figure. Who cares? Yeah. When I tell you, here's who made it. Here's why they made it. 
Here's what it's made of. Here's who it looks great on. Let me show you five ways to wear it with a sneaker, with a pump, with a jean jacket, with dressed up, dressed down on a 70 year old, on a 50 year old. That's interesting. So that's about. And here's how you're going to feel in a mermaid gown. You're going to feel sexy as hell, no matter like what you're feeling. Especially if you have blue hair. Like you, you literally, it's about, so again, feelings, authenticity, but we're all selling something. If you can tap into the feeling, the passion, the authenticity, no one's ever going to think you're a salesperson. And who cares if you are? Exactly. They're not even going to notice that you're selling to them. You're, you're just, you're connecting with them. You're sharing. Like I always tell people too. like, think about, think about, you know, you go to your favorite restaurant, right? You go, you get your favorite meal. You want to tell everybody about that. And you're selling for that restaurant. Why wouldn't you sell for yourself? Then? You know what I mean? We're selling all the time. Like you said, you're like, you, you know, if I, if I get, you know, the, the floor fresh flowers delivered to my door, I'm going to go and tell everybody that, you know, I love their flowers. I love their brand. I'm going to post it on social social media. So then why does it feel different if I'm doing that about my cakes? It shouldn't, you know what I mean? Like you should be your number one cheerleader, right? Because if you're not confident in your products or your business, like nobody else is going to be, they're going to be like, that lady doesn't even like trust her products. She doesn't really, you know, like why would they buy it then? Right? Like it's crazy. (laughs) Awesome. So, um, so I just wanted to ask you with your whole family business dynamic there, um, how do you guys make that work? How do you run your business? with your daughter and then you said that your your parents are involved in it like what what do you do to make that work because sometimes the family dynamic can be a little challenging for people yeah. well i'm very lucky in that because of what i said before where you know we've always been very conscious about having things in common yeah we we actually are a pretty tight family we get along well not that we don't have our moments we certainly uh-huh. do everybody does yeah. um but you know what i think we are also grateful to have, and, and I really try to remember that gratitude. Like a bad day as a as a family business is still better than a good day not as a family business. That is so true. Great advice. I get this. I used to go weeks. I live ten minutes away from my parents, and I and I'm fifty. My parents are in their late seventies. I'm not going to have them forever. Yeah. I'm acutely aware of that, and I know that I will look back at this time as one of the best times of my life Um, because I used to go weeks, months, weeks without talking to them, months without seeing them. And they lived 10 minutes away because I was had a very aggressive travel schedule. When I was home, I was tired, you know, or I would see them perfunctorily, like check the box. We've had a visit, but it wasn't really connecting. Now, the fact that we have something in common to do, um, and I get to see them most days, that is a gift. That is so true. Such a gift. I will, and and to have the same thing with my kids and then thereby my kids be connected to my parents because, you know, they did a really good job of raising me. So why would I deprive them of spending time with my children? So I, I, I think the key to me of the family business is gratitude. I am grateful to get to spend time with them, even when things aren't going smoothly or we have a difference of opinion or whatever, because we're still together. And I would rather be arguing and together than be getting along and never seeing each other. What great advice. You're like, who are you? Okay. Like you're an amazing woman. I love all the advice you're giving. It's so good. So good. I'm lucky. Um, Just, yeah, just so amazing. So 
So you run it with you, your daughter, your parents, and your son's involved in the financial aspect of it, right? Um, and I love the advice that you're saying is that it just it just all boils down to gratitude. Um, and really, like that's that should be the foundation of of everybody's life, to be honest with you, because Honestly. the more grateful you can be, the happier you're going to be, right? And, and gra- grateful, being grateful for what you have now doesn't mean that you're not working for something bigger and better. Um, because you, you always should be working towards something bigger and better, but you have to start with being grateful for what you have now, because if you don't learn gratitude, you'll be one of those, um, people who have all the money in the world and they're still not happy. That's, that's what happens with those people. I think it comes with maturity too. Like I actually just read a great quote the other day, having just turned 50 and I'm still in shock and a little bit of disbelief around that. Um, (laughs) Every decade, I like to do something massive. So when I, I just read this great quote that said, um, the second half of a woman's life should be better than the first. Oh, I love that so much. I've really been thinking about that a lot because I think the first half of my life, because I plan on living to be 101. I've always liked that number. Good plan. So therefore, therefore, I'm still a few months away from the halfway point. Perfect. Um, so I, but I, if I think of up to 50 as the first half, as a woman, I think the first half of my life has been dedicated to my career, having and raising children. And my my nuclear family, my husband, my kids, my and my, and very much in my case, my career. I'm very lucky that I never had a lot of mom guilt. I traveled all the time. Was I at every soccer game? No. Does anybody care? No. <laughs> if you were to ask my parent, my kids, did your mom come to every play, soccer game, and you know whatever hockey practice that you? we're at and they would be like, hell no, she was only at the playoffs. And then to follow that up with, and do you have a great mom? My kids would say the best. So I just think we hold ourselves to this crazy bar that's unachievable. I was there when it mattered and they Mm -hmm. knew they were loved and that's what matters. Oh my God. Um, So true. I mean, (laughs) so true. I have so many stories, but we'll hold on hold on those. But if I think about the second half of my life, what do I want that to be about? I think it's going to be better because I want that to be about giving back what I have been able to give to a family now to my greater community. Uh So because I haven't really community was not my focus for the first 50 years of my life. And I don't think for many of us, it is. It was my kids. It was my family. It was raising good people and making money and being successful and buying a house and upgrading, you know, all the things that everybody's on that rat race for the first 50 years. I can honestly tell you that the money is not my goal. Now my goal is community. The thing that I can offer, which is energy, self-worth, feeling good about yourself through fashion that's what I want to do with the second half of my life. I want to, and it's ironic because it seems like that's what you should do when you're 20 and thin, but that's exactly the opposite to me. It feels like that's exactly what I should do when I'm 50 and 60 and 70 and real. 
Yeah. Real is real. It should be the core to like every business, everything. Right. And honestly, it's not. So, so that's why, that's why people like you stand out because when people find real in a business and it's relatable and, you know, you can just have a normal conversation and people don't feel the need to act too professional. Like, you know, people want to buy from people. Like they want to buy from people they know, like, and trust. That's what people say. of board tables. I've, you know, had a lot of KPIs. I've done that life for a long time. And it, it, and it's great. And I loved it. And I love that there are people who love it, but I personally am now ready to take those skills and share them just in a really authentic way with people in a way that is filled with gratitude and fun and community. Oh, I love it. That's that's such a great focus. That's amazing. Your business is going to do so great because of that. It already has done so in just in just a short period of time too. It's only been a year. That's so amazing. Um, so let's tell everybody uh, a couple more questions here before we head off. But who who wears your clothing? Who's your ideal customer? What makes your boutique special or different than say a store at the mall? I know that we covered a little bit of that, but you put a post on Instagram yesterday. What were people saying? When you asked I'm that. so glad you asked because I took screenshots of the dozens of responses. So, okay, so who's our who's our target customer? She is a woman. That's it. I hate narrowing down a target customer yeah. because I don't I understand why it's necessary in some businesses. For us, it's not because I think Canadian fashion can transcend that. So yeah. our our filter for our shop is that it has to be Canadian owned, Canadian designed, and when possible, Canadian made. And if not made in Canada, responsibly made wherever it is being made. Most of our designs are actually made in Canada, but for those that aren't, I trust their cycle. We look at their disclosure and make sure that it's made responsibly, mostly through factories they own if they are offshore. So that's actually really important to us. Outside of that, it has to be something that will work on My 28-year-old daughter, my 50-year-old self, and my 78-year-old mother. That's our filter. Doesn't necessarily have to be all of our favorites, but it has to be something that I know you're going to put on and you're going to feel good in, no matter your size, your height, or your age. So those, those are our filters. If you are someone who loves the idea of slow fashion, so literally in most of our the cases of our products, a limited number are made. One of the brands we partner with is called Marigold out of Montreal. Marigold literally will make 30 to 40 per garment. And when wow. you get it, it tells you what one that is. Oh, so that's so know, cool. Yeah, there, it's, it, she calls it her transparency tag. So on the tag, it will literally say, 32 were made. Um, this is who made it. And here is the cost breakdown of this garment. So $50 was in materials, $20 was in research, $12 was in sewing costs. That is I don't so know, cool. marketing. Yeah, it's very cool. That. So she breaks it right down, but all of our brands do basically the same thing, whether or not they have it on a tag. So yeah. when you buy something, you know, you're literally buying something that a woman in Toronto designed, cut, and sewed. Uh, the majority of our brands are from Toronto or Montreal or Vancouver with a few, we have, I mean, an amazing brand out of Halifax, like a few smart, small markets as well. So that's our brand filter. It has to be Canadian or we won't carry it. It has to make you feel good or we won't carry it. It has to be small batch or sustainably produced or we will not carry it. Like 
forget it. Not, not going to happen. And then when we said to our community, okay, what? Because we have a website. It's www.taylor-danielle.com. But you should follow us on Instagram because that's where it happens. That's where the lives happen three times a week. That's where you can DM and we will respond to you right away and we'll help you fit and find the right thing. We personally measure every garment. If you go to our website, all the measurements are there. Because how are you supposed to shop from a measurement chart? They're never <laughs> right. No yeah. one knows what how to do the measurement. I so agree. We, yeah, We measure it, put it on there. Part of what my mom does. Fortunately, my mom was a good seamstress back in the day. So she measures every garment, you know, where it needs to be measured so that you can look at it and be like, okay, the bust is blank and we'll show you how to like actually measure yourself. So when we asked our community, and that's what we call them, if you are a customer at Taylor Danielle, you're part of the community because this isn't about selling to you. This is about you joining a community where if you love fashion, three times a week, you can join a live, watch it live, watch it later, ask questions. Be part of it. Put emojis up during. We like to throw shoes during. So during the live, put the shoe emoji up and throw it. That means you're liking what you're seeing. Talk to each other. We did a retreat back in April where 100 women sat on a Zoom for five hours. Wow. We had five designers talk. We gave away 50 raffle prizes. People could buy a swag bag and they got over $200 worth of swag in every bag. So we did. Cool. So much fun stuff like that. We talked about gratitude and why fashion matters and they got to vote on fall style. You know, we're a community of people. So I asked the community on our Instagram, like what makes shopping at Taylor Danielle different? Because you're not just going to a website. Also, my parents put a note in everything and everybody loves the note. So here's what they said. I've got like many examples, but I'll give you a couple of the ones that I love. The entire experience from the product to the live to the personalized shopping experience, the notes, the energy, the enthusiasm, the knowledge and love of fashion, seeing the dynamic amongst your family and being invited to share. It is very special. The unique personal access and connection to the family, 100% over the top personal service, finding the best pieces. It's women encouraging other women to be themselves. And you can't find that anywhere else. Every detail goes from above, goes above and beyond from the personalized shopping to the notes. As a customer, you actually feel valued and are instantly invited to be part of the community. I feel like it's an exclusive secret that nobody else knows about, which makes it exciting and fun. So those, Oh my God. That's, like, that's crazy. That's so amazing. Everything. That's all wow. we want is a community of women who come together, watch it like you're watching a fun TV show and find some great passion that's going to make you feel good. Done. See, seeing and reading those comments, how does that make you feel knowing that you started this whole thing? Because that is so cool to hear that. All that feedback. So grateful because yeah. that's all I want is women to not feel like they're old or fat or unattractive or don't deserve great fashion or don't know where to find it. Because when you go to the mall, that experience is substandard and it's not your fault. Yeah. It's not your body's fault. It's not your body's fault. It's the shitty clothes' fault. Okay. Like let's just put the blame where it lies. When you cut 5,000 shirts at once on a massive machine, it's not going to hang well on you. That's just (laughs) the way it is. So let us show you that quality is better than quantity and it's not you. 
I love it so much. Honestly, I just, I've loved having you on the podcast. You're such a personality and a ball of energy and you can clearly tell that you are so passionate about your business and I can feel the passion through the computer screen and I love it so much. Um, where can people find you and connect with you? What's your Instagram account? Please come and find us on Instagram. We are Taylor Danielle Boutique, all one word, T-A-Y-L-O-R-D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E. B-O-U-T-I-Q-U-P. It's a long handle, I know. Taylor Danielle Boutique on Instagram and then taylor-danielle.com is our website. Amazing. Follow I love us it. now. And you Go follow be them. Part of the community. Yes. <laughs> Go follow them. Send send Danielle a DM. She is so much fun and she lo- like you truly do love connecting with the community and really engaging and meeting new people and stuff like that. So I I don't know. I love your whole vibe and everything like that. So thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast. I know our listeners got like the most valuable like million dollars worth of value on this podcast at least like so good Um, Um, and I really appreciate you sharing your time with us thank you Rebecca I've loved watching you and your husband on social for the last year or so and I'm just really excited to have gotten to share with you because I think you're doing an amazing job of also being very authentic very fun and your brand like from the name to the color to the website to the brand I mean it just really reflects that so kudos to you and for you know taking it to another level having the podcast doing your speaking like um just from one small town girl to another good job you're killing it yeah thank you so much I appreciate it all right guys we will talk soon bye